Star Wars 7x7 episode 2458. Today, part one of a two-part conversation with January Lavoie, audiobook narrator extraordinaire, and in particular, most recently, the narrator of Victory's Price. Punch it. I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So here is the deal with January Lavoie, her official bio. An audiophile magazine golden voice since May of 2019, January has an extensive body of work in both narration and commercial voiceover. With hundreds of audiobook titles to her credit, she has received more than 30 earphones awards 18 Audio Award nominations, including seven wins, and she was named Publishers Weekly's Audiobook Narrator of the Year for 2013. Her voice has been heard in national campaigns for products such as Revlon, Toll House, United Healthcare, Dannon, Asthma.com, Home Depot, and Obama for America. And for us here, we're here to talk about her performance of Victory's Price, the final novel in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy by Alexander Freed. And in this first half of the conversation, we're going to talk about the particular situation in which she finds herself for this, because as we've discussed on the podcast before, she is the third narrator in this whole trilogy. So Saskia Marleveld narrated Alphabet Squadron and Carol Monda narrated Shadowfall. So she has been brought in to do this final novel. And so we're gonna talk about how that affects her preparation and just what her preparation process is, which is really remarkable. It's a an answer, at least, and part of the answer that she gives is one that I'd not heard before, and I think it's wicked cool. And we're also going to talk about the characters that she found the most fun to portray, and also where there were technical challenges. <laughs> and it's you're very cool to talk about the way that you know, audiobooks are created and narrated, and January is beautifully transparent about the process, and the conversation is going to start out with a little bit of reminiscing, as it were, too, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you, so without further ado, here is part one of my conversation with January Lavoie, the narrator of Victory's Price. January Lavoie, thank you so much for joining me on Star Wars 7x7. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm very excited to be talking with you. I I wouldn't expect you to remember this because it's been many years and you meet many people, but we actually briefly met at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim <gasps> in 2015. Oh my gosh. Yes. You happen to be walking um, in a hallway with Mark Thompson, actually, yes. and um, it was one of those you know kind of celebrity sightings, and I had only been... Uh, you know, not even a full year into doing the podcast. So yeah, it was you know, really awesome to meet you at that time. And again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. I absolutely wouldn't expect you to remember. But I just wanted to say I'm so grateful to have met you and your personality and, you know, just your whole everything was so warm and welcoming, even to, you know, a perfect stranger saying hi and being <laughs> overwhelmed and starstruck. And so I'm so happy to actually be able to, you know, formally interview you today. That's so awesome. Thank you for saying that. And I, I mean, I, that weekend is such a blur to me because I couldn't believe I was there. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe I was allowed to be a part of it, let alone stand on stage and perform there. And I also, I have always told people the the creativity and passion 
that you see. And I've gotten to actually since then do a few things at Comic-Con in New York and BookCon. And, you know, now I live in Atlanta. And when things open up again, like Dragon Con is going to be my first stop, uh. which I haven't gotten to do because I've only lived here for a year and a half. But it's the most invigorating experience to be in a community. I mean, to say, like, these are my people. These are these are my geeks. Like, these are people <laughs> who who love a thing so much that they take their time and their thought and effort and into making such a beautiful creative, you know, from the costumes to the droids to the fan art, um, the writing, the podcasts. I mean, it, it's, it's just thrilling. I just don't think that people understand. You can't really understand it until you go. Right. Um, but it, it was just, that was my first major convention. Oh, so it was. That, oh. Yeah. So that was just a mind blowing experience for me. I loved every minute of it. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was really cool. And we're actually here together to talk about one of your own beautiful and most recent creations, which is the <laughs> narration of Victory's Price, the final mm-hmm. novel in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy by Alexander Freed. So mm-hmm. I would love to start by hearing your own thoughts about the novel as a story and maybe what elements of the novel or characters particularly resonated with you as you read and prepared for the narration process. Yeah, so we did that right before Christmas. We 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 recorded that in December. Ah. And I knew it was going to be my last book of the year. And it was my last book of the year 2020. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um I have to say it's a you know it's a long title. I think it ended up being what is it about 18 hours or so? It's the longest like of that. them. It's yeah. a long one. Yeah. And um reading it and performing it I was struck by the exhaustion of people who have fought an endless battle Mm. um, and who just know that no matter what they do, they have to keep reengaging it. That for me was so familiar in December of last year. Oh gosh, yes. And not necessarily having any certainty in terms of outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. And also, the idea in this particular book, and to be totally honest, just right up front, I actually did not read the first two because they were narrated by other folks. Mm. And we professional narrators don't actually get a lot of... It's great when a book like this comes along that we narrate for pleasure because we don't get to do a lot of pleasure reading because mm. most of what I'm reading is being prescribed by my job. Okay. Um, you know, I do anywhere from 35 to 60 titles a year. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I I actually just recently um, t- tallied up how many pages I had read for work so far this year, and it was just over 2,600, and it's <laughs> mid-March, right? Uh. So you read a lot. And, um, so, you know, sometimes it's things I love and sometimes it's things I love less, but you know, Mm -hmm. when the star Wars books come, come along, it's always, it's always a treat. Um, but so I hadn't read the first two. And so I was, you know, doing some research and looking online at, you know, comic art and cartoon art and all kinds of stuff to get the images in my head of who these folks were and where they'd been. But really this idea of how do you reconcile a broken society, which I feel like at that point, um, they sort of are, you know, 
the history of Erica Quell and where she's been and how she ends up realigning in certain ways with them. But even between, you know, Will and Chas and Shattuck and Nath Tenzin and Kairos, they've all been on these sort of disparate journeys when they started as this very, very tight squadron. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just I, I just kept thinking as I was recording it every day. It took us about four full days in the studio of like, how do you put a broken society back together? Where do we where do we find the points at which we can relate to each other again? And not to do any spoilers for anybody who hasn't read the book or listened to it yet, but the way in which Freed navigates that throughout the course of this book, I found very um, moving and honest and and fulfilling. It sounds like it's actually, you know, the perfect novel with the perfect narrator in that sense to meet the moment because, yeah, the exhaustion and the I love the way you put that. Just how do you repair a broken society? And also the team itself of Alphabet Squadron is very broken by the time we meet them in Victory's Mm -hmm. Price. And Mm -hmm. that was something that had been built up over the course of the first two novels and then is put asunder in, you know, at the end of it and going into this. Mm-hmm. And I have to say your answer about checking out fan art and comic art, I, I find that absolutely fascinating. And I would love to know, is that something that you typically do or even have the opportunity to do? It's, it's almost an Admiral Thrawn like kind of way of approaching <laughs> <laughs> learning about the culture into which you're stepping. Yeah. I, I always, especially when I do any work on franchises, um, it's really important to me. And I think it was, you know, it's definitely been um, influenced by my experience at the cons, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know what's out there and I know it's amazing. And so to be able to not just, you know, I mean, Lucasfilms obviously has purview over everything that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, But to not just feel like there's a solitary source that is, you know, coming from on high, but yeah, I like, I go into, you know, conversations and reddits and figure out what people are saying, what these characters meant to them, what experiences they had reading these books or listening to these books. And that for me is even kind of a more powerful, sorry, my cat is probably going to try and be in this interview. Oh, that's Um, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) um, But, uh, it's very powerful, you know, to understand from the lens of the people who care the most, in a sense, about these stories and these people and what their impressions are of the characters and the complications between the relationships and how they image them, what they see or what they wish they could see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having the freedom to bring that into an audiobook, um, I've just always, I've loved that. And that's a particular joy with with the Star Wars franchise, so... Oh, that is so cool. I love yeah. that. Oh. Yeah. Um, you sort of mentioned this a little bit, or at least touched on something related to what I wanted to ask you about in terms of this novel versus the previous two, and the fact that they were done by other narrators. So Saskia Marlevel did the original mm-hmm. Alphabet Squadron, and Carol Monda did Shadowfall. Uh, mm-hmm. Knowing that the previous two novels in a trilogy are being done by different narrators, does that affect your preparation, like how you approach your your process for doing character voices or just the overall performance of the narration? So yes and no. Um, luckily, 
um, Penguin Random House, who publishes the Star Wars audiobooks, always affords the narrator a director, um, and our director had continuity through this series. Um, so Scott, wonderful, wonderful director named Scott Cresswell. So Scott had notes and was happy to provide me with audio samples um, from the previous books. For this particular case, I actually opted not to hear the samples. Hmm. And part of the reason for that is if it had been a single narrator that mm-hmm. had had the series before me, I might have opted yes. But with two different narrators before me, I knew that there was space for me to just make sure I was honoring the idea of the sound, which is also something that is for me kind of a guiding principle as a narrator in my whole narrator life. Um, I'm, I'm one person like the, the, the sort of tacit handshake deal that I feel I'm making with my listeners when we start a book together Mm -hmm. is that, you know, I am not swapping out a bunch of different people (laughs) in (laughs) the booth. You know, it's me, you know, it's one person. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we have there, there's impressionism, you know, and then there's voice acting and they're, they're two different things. Most voice actors are not actually impressionists. Then you have someone like superstar Mark Thompson, my dear (laughs) colleague and friend who can make you believe that certain people are actually in the room, which is super cool, but that's a very specific skill that most narrators don't have. I'm pretty good at differentiating character voices, but I don't ever pretend that I'm able to do, you know, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Mm -hmm. Um, So to kind of pull back from that and just say, I'm going to give you the version of this character that honors past versions and most importantly, honors the way that the author has written the character. Because we, as we all know, I mean, God bless Carrie Fisher because and she talked about her quote unquote terrible Leia accent and the differences between <laughs> how she sounds. And, and you know, it's because she was in drama school in England. That's mm-hmm. why she sounds that way, right? In different parts of different films. But it's very freeing that she could laugh at it and say, well, that's just who I was as an actor at that point. And I was playing Leia and it, it came through. And so you think about the fact that these are people, right? They're not characters. They're not two dimensional. To me, they're very three dimensional. And people's voices change when they're agitated or tired or excited or they've been through a long battle so i felt that like leaning into the humanity of the way that alexander wrote the characters in alphabet squadron in this particular book made it possible for me to create my version of them because they're all in a very different place in their lives than they were in the previous two books Oh, yes, 100% true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. would you say out of you know the characters that there was one uh, for whom it was the most fun for you to bring to life? And um, also I'll ask you, which one would you say was the most challenging and why? Hmm. I mean, I really like Chastity Chaddock. <laughs> I also loved doing Kairos in this book because she was transforming. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is something again, like no spoilers, but there's a transformation occurring throughout. Um, and so the idea that something is happening um, is always a really exciting thing to be voicing. Like how much of it do you let out at what point? When does when does full change come and what does that mean? Mm. Um, but yeah, they were all and uh, to be like really 
the the voice that I created for Soren Keys. Mm-hmm. By the end of that book, I was like, why did I pitch him so low? <laughs> I am I am I am a, a low voiced woman, but I'm I'm you know I'm always kind of reaching when I get into one of those characters, and you know after day four of living down here you know it's like oh man i should have just made him a little less <laughs> a little less basement level um so that was a that was a technical challenge um but also a really fun complex villain character to get to play mm-hmm. um you know how do you how do you humanize somebody who's participated in those kinds of things um, right but but i think the writing of that character in particular was quite he was quite finely drawn um, and I found myself having unexpected feelings for and about him by the end of the book. Hmm. So. And he and Erica Quell have a lot of deep philosophical conversations, too. Mm-hmm. Do, do you find that when you're narrating something that is not necessarily just bang, 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 but more, you know, thoughtful and, you know, you know deeper and heavier, if you will, like, how does that yeah, how does that affect you in the booth or does it even affect you at all? Is it, you know, all part of the process? Yeah, for these kinds of books, the challenge is being able to switch gears that way. Um, I talk about audiobook narration as being quite athletic, which mm-hmm. is very strange to say because you're literally sitting as still as you possibly can for six or seven or eight hours a day i mean you're not you can't move you can't gesture with your arms or turn your head too fast because the mic picks it up Mm. so you have to sit perfectly still as you are inhabiting these massive epic battles um and it's all got to come through the voice and the breath um so for me it's always kind of an interesting it's a it's a relief in some ways to be able to downshift into something that's more intellectual intellectually deep as opposed to more active and you know it's the rhythm of the book i found really interesting because you have so much interplay in this book between not just you know great philosophical questions of like why you know two people fighting for the same side let's say Mm -hmm. but for completely different philosophical reasons but then you also have all a lot of conversations in this book about what would what we would call mental health mm-hmm. right a lot of conversation about trauma self-care respect um what is what's in a name i'll say is uh <laughs> you know one way to put it mm-hmm. um what 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 do our names mean um and i i loved being able to you know, support those parts of the story. Um, and, and in some ways it's even more athletically engaging because when it's just ideas that you're supporting in a book that has a lot of action in it, you do have to invest even deeper in, in lifting up and supporting those ideas so that they don't get lost between action sequences. All right, we're going to pause there and pick up the rest of the conversation tomorrow with more about the athletic nature of performing an audiobook narration. And from there, the conversation is actually going to turn into a much deeper and serious place. And honestly, it's one of the more important conversations that has ever taken place on the podcast. And I'm really very happy to be able to share it with you. So please tune in tomorrow for that. 
For now though, like I said, we're gonna stop right here and it just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for the episode as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited for their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. You've always had what it takes to make it happen and we know the right tools can make it easier. At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.